I'd like to share something from the Word of God with you today. What we have next in the Gospel of Mark is chapter 14, verses 10 and 11. If you would like to turn there, please. Take a short message there from the Word of God in sequence. In the last week of the Lord Jesus' life, we read in Mark 14, verses 10 and 11, that Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Our Father, as we study these words, may thy Holy Spirit cause them to search us and reveal to us and convict us and strengthen us according to thy will. In Jesus' name, amen. So a brief message here, a traitor in the, in the midst Again, the key sentence, he, Judas, sought how he might conveniently betray him, Christ. We're going to have five observations. Let me list them first. From this short text, we note, first, not all who are around Christ are his. Secondly, others may not know who are not his. Thirdly, the lost themselves may not know that they are not his. Fourth, that the true standing of all of us will one day be revealed, and this is certainly clear, there is no neutrality with God. Let's take those briefly one at a time. The first observation, not all around Christ are his. Here we have a situation where these people are handpicked, 12 of them. They've been with the Lord Jesus for some three years. They've observed his miracles. They have heard his teaching. They have observed his heart. And all that exposure for all that time, yet we find one of them is a devil. So one out of 12, what is that, around 8%? If one were to extrapolate to a gathering of 100 people, that would indicate there may be, and I know it's not fair to extrapolate scientifically, but it would be some eight of us, 100, who uh, appear but are not his. I remember speaking once with J. Vernon McGee. I heard him preaching just the other day where he talked on this topic as he traveled the country, uh, conservative, fundamental churches. He would ask pastors, what percentage of the people who thought they were saved were actually saved according to their, the pastor's perception. And a common answer was somewhere around 25 to maybe 75%. So average it out, maybe half the people. This is the observations of them. And I talked to him about that a long time ago. I had a chance to meet with uh, J. Vernon McGee, and he very much confirmed that uh, that was his perception as well. There are many people around Christ had the appearance of being Christians, but are not. Notice that Judas is described as a devil. So in keeping with the devil as far as opposition to Christ, that very spirit within him, that he's not called something metaphorically, but as a simile, very directly, one of you is a devil. So we are told in Matthew 13.30, 
Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, that's the weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So there's a mixture of the weeds and the wheat, the lost and the saved together. Second observation, others may not know. That is, you may have thought, surely this person, surely that person is saved, and indeed may not be. So we read in Matthew 26, 22, in response to what the Lord Jesus says here, one of you is a devil. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and everyone looked at Judas and said, surely it was he. <laughs> none of them, no, none of them do that. They began, every one of them, to say unto him, Lord, is it I? So one who had the appearance of being a Christian with them for some three years, and they did not perceive his lack of authenticity. Even so, the half-brother of Jesus, Jude, writes in his short letter, verse 4, but there are certain men crept in unawares. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, because you're going to be so surprised. Surely this person, surely that one, and you find indeed they were not ever saved. God will bring uh, to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the consuls of the heart. Third observation, the lost themselves may not know. Matthew seven twenty two. Many will say to me in that day, no, many, there are the few and the many. This is the many in a Sermon on the Mount. And they will say emotionally, Lord, Lord, and they will list not just a haphazard life, and they aren't going to point to the criteria of I've been baptized, or I've been confirmed, or I've done good works, and I've kept away from bad things. Uh, no, these were high achievers who prophesied, they, they say, in Christ's name. And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. At that time, the Lord Jesus will respond, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Take the city of Capernaum in Matthew eleven twenty three, Thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. Yes, the lost themselves may not know that they are lost, but the standing of all of us will one day be revealed. Luke 12, verse 2, There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before, to judgment, and some men they follow after, 1 Timothy 5.24. One day later, you will see and understand. Matthew 7.20, 21. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not that the doing saves, but it's a revelation of a heart truly converted by Christ. Then five, finally, there is no neutrality. One cannot say, well, look, I have no dog in this fight. I've not accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior into my heart. Uh, but on the other side, I don't have anything against him. It's just not, uh, just not interested. Well, there is no neutrality. You're either for or you are against. We write, read in Matthew 12 and verse 30, He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. There are two genders, male and female. There are two conditions of any human being, lost or saved. That's all there are. There is no third option. 
Galatians 5.17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. And Mark 6.24, No man can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Indeed, we had this uh, prophesied of what Judas would do with the Lord Jesus. John 13, 18 is where that prophecy is repeated. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me, as though the Lord were washing his feet, and uh, Judas took that opportunity to kick him and to knock him over. So these are our five observations from our short text today. Not all around Christ are his. Others may not know. The lost themselves may not know that they are lost. But their lost condition will one day be revealed. And there is no neutrality. That leads us to three practical actions to take. The first is examine your standing before God. Second, if you are lost, get saved. And third, if you are saved, thank God and vow to live like it. First one, examine your standing before God. Would that be a smart thing to do? We're told here that there are many who think they are saved and they are not. It's going to affect their, uh, their usefulness in this world, but also their destiny for eternity. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith, we are told in 2 Corinthians 13.5. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. That word reprobate there, adakimas, means uh, a castaway, rejected, worthless. So examine your standing before God. Secondly, if you are lost, get saved. Acts 2 and verse 40, Peter addressing the multitude there at the time of Pentecost, we read, And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Acts 16.31, a Philippian jailer cried out, What must I do to be saved? And he is told very simply, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And then thirdly and finally, if you are saved, thank God and vow to live like it. The psalmist asks in Psalm 116, starting in verse 12, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. If I am indeed saved, allow me to drink down the, to the dregs the whole cup of salvation, have it manifested in all my countenance, my words, my deeds, my life. So there are the three guidelines from our text today. Imagine you're standing before God. If you are lost, get saved. And if you are saved, thank God and vow to live like it.